Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Great stations and radio partners like Sports Radio 104.7 across the Upper Cumberland. Somo Sports Radio. We say hello to you in Joplin today and also to Fox Sports Shoals in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. We also say hello to Huntsville and Florence. You can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Sixth and Peabody, our location in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, reacting to the SEC headlines today. Chad, I was trying to, on, on the drive-in, I'm thinking, who are the two other coaches who would be most likely to do this? Uh, Kiffin and Kiffin, Saban or Kiffin and Jim? Kiffin and Jimbo's already done it, but Kiffin's just not going to get emotional about it. Yeah, anything. Kiffin so is So he's more, not going to care. He's more playing the, you know, he's kind of the joker in all of it. Like, he, he'll twist the knife a little bit and know exactly what he's doing and you almost you fall into the Kiffin trap, right? Like there is true vitriol between Saban and Fisher and what makes this, you know, you do a double take when you saw this. And it was more, I go back to the way we opened the show. We, we played the nine-minute press conference from Jimbo Fisher in its entirety because you can't pick out one cut to recap everything that was said. You had to listen to it because it was sound clip after sound clip, response after response. Trey Wallace said it perfectly. It was the language and the tone that he used in combination that makes this stand out amongst some of the more crazy, bizarre, blowtorch-like pressers we've seen. And it's a coach going directly at Nick Saban. Saban's been naming names, and now Jimbo's firing back. And I'm not. I, I, I'm trying to think of the other coach that would do it. You're right, Kiffin would do it, but it would be in playful's the wrong word, but. He would respond with a tweet and some sort of yeah. emoji. Yeah, and it would be the press just conference. like today where he's just like, man, he's got the popcorn ready and he's like, I'm, I'm speechless. You know, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't believe it just like you guys. Um, but, I mean, if you think about through like how quiet some of these other coaches are, um, Fisher's speaking on behalf of a lot of them as well, even though they're not nearly to the level of recruiting that Jimbo Fisher's at. And, and honestly – I bet there are some coaches that would side with Saban on this based on what College Station has been doing with the recruiting class and the records they've set with the five stars that have been brought in there and the free-for-all mentality. And again, you know, Nick Saban is also saying, I guess we're going to have to do that now too. Uh, You know, we're not going to be able to do that for long where we don't pay anyone, claiming that he doesn't pay anyone. Uh, I don't doubt that, you know, the SEC is alarmed by A&M. And the recruiting class hall that they just brought in and, and that they know about it. To me, it just goes back to that code that I talked about, the, the honor amongst thieves that was violated by Nick Saban for specifically calling out Jimbo Fisher, for claiming that he, without any proof that he's delivered, claiming that they bought every single recruit. Look, I, I think that a lot of those recruits got NIL. Do I know that every single one of them does the three-star in their class? Did he get a lot of money in NIL before he got there? I don't know. 
Um, so that that's a big claim from Nick Saban. It's a bigger claim to say, and we didn't pay anyone in our recruiting class. Keep in mind also, this is the same Nick Saban that at SEC Media Days a year ago was bragging about a seven-figure NIL deal for Bryce Young, a guy who had not started at quarterback yet at Alabama. So people say, well, he was already on the team. That's not the same. Great, it's not the same. But it is seven figures he's claiming as a recruiting piece for his program for a guy who, who had not started in his program at that point in time. And this so all stems it's, from the, it's all the same. back in February, the report from Sliced Bread where it, uh, the report was a speculated $30 million went into this recruiting class for Texas A&M for the, for the, the five stars that they, and, and the, the record number that they had in the overall uh, rating system. Well, which is the highest we've ever seen. Again, I think it's just ludicrous for Saban to claim some of these things and act like Alabama hasn't done it. It's also ludicrous for Jimbo Fisher to respond and act like he doesn't know what a collective is and doesn't know anything that's yeah, going that on. Uh, it's also a little bit crazy when you think about these two men and these two programs that are the ones arguing. I'll give you an example. You know, if Clark Lee at Vandy came out and said, this is crazy. Right, this is we're so far out of reach right now with what reality is with NIL that we can't compete. What if Clark Lee just came out and said that we're not going to compete with any of these programs because I know what they're paying and what they're promising for recruits, and we're not doing that at Vanderbilt, so we're not even equipped to compete in this conference at this point. Uh, If Clark Lee said that, I think a lot of heads would turn. They'd say, "Man, you know, he's he's right. It's something we've thought about." But he's right. There are going to be just a handful of programs that truly compete, that truly want to get this down and dirty with NIL and make sure they're competing at the highest level. When Nick Saban says it, people are looking at Nick Saban like he's got six eyes. Well, Because but, he wins and wins and wins and yeah, wins. But, and no matter what changes, he always wins. But do you want uh, – that, that's why I say I, I still think there are coaches that will – that appreciate what Saban is saying – because what Saban is saying will ultimately he ultimately his message outside of taking the shots at A and M is he wants regulation, he wants federal regula- regulation on this. And Jimbo said the same thing. So if you if you are the Clark Lee hypothetically, and he'll join us tomorrow, hypothetically he would say that, or uh, the the coach at SEMO or wherever, right? You would side towards Saban on this because he's going to bring some type of guardrail and stipulation to what is the wild, wild west. And it's not about the high school recruiting. It still goes back to the transfer portal and the open recruiting that takes place and the poaching that takes place on these rosters. I, I think that everyone... I mean, yes, I, they I roll their eyes single... Saban, but they... They also, if they want regulation, they have to side with Saban on this. I, I don't know a single coach, though, that wants no regulation, right? That's sitting there saying, I, I just don't, I don't want to know anything. Uh, I don't want any type of parameters. I want to pay $4 million a year for a recruit if that's what it takes. I think they all want to know something. They want to know that there's some guardrails up there. I, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion that Nick Saban has well, in, the, in the coaching community. Well, Jimbo, I'm not talking about players and I'm sports I'm sure Jimbo writers. Fisher wants federal re- uh, regulation with this, regulation that would abide by the Texas state law that, is, uh, that he says is completely legal on the signing class he just had. I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's something that you know, all sports writers agree on, that there needs to be regulation. I think in the coaching community, they want some sort of regulation. Jimbo Fisher's got advantageous laws in his state 
as opposed to a right. lot of other coaches. Uh, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, the same way. Advantageous laws in his state as opposed to other coaches. I've heard both say they want federal regulation. So that's defeating their own state. They want federal regulation around NIL. Well, they want federal regulation, but I I would be willing to bet that Jimbo Fisher wants regulation that would go along the same phrasing and context of what Texas has in place, where he is dominating in recruiting. But that's fine because that opens it for everyone, too. That brings everyone up to Texas's level. But it's it's open right now for that. I know, but I'm saying to what your point is, Hutton, he wants federal regulation. If he wanted the advantage, he wouldn't want federal regulation. He'd want to continue to operate in Texas's law where everyone else has a different law. So what Nick Saban is saying is not unpopular among coaches, and almost every coach that I've heard talk about it agrees something needs to be in place. Here's the problem. When you start saying foolish things, you start to defeat your own arguments. I'll use Colin Kaepernick as an example. Okay, this may piss some people off. Don't really care. Uh, We speak our minds at OutKick. When you take a knee to protest police violence, that's one argument and one that could be had in this country at any times. When you start wearing pig socks and start praising Fidel Castro's handling of his country in Cuba and start saying a bunch of awful, dumb things that are factually incorrect and make you look stupid, it weakens your argument. So when Nick Saban is talking about this and saying, I want to return to parity in college football, a man who is celebrated for defeating parity in college football, who is worshipped because his team has risen above the rest and has created, not created, it's been there for a while, but a part of a system that lacks parity, and you're going against something, quite frankly, that's adding some parity at the highest levels with some other programs now getting in the game. That makes you look dumb. When you claim I didn't pay for a single recruit and they paid for all of them, that starts to defeat your argument. So I say all this to say, Hutton, Nick Saban is now no longer the one that people want to hear from on this, even if every other coach agrees with his broader point about regulation. Well, Saban's leading the charge, though, um, where, I mean, there's not many coaches that could speak up on this behalf and get the same type of response. You know, if, um, you know, Jimbo Fisher is going to call Lane Lane Kiffin a clown in the clown show going on in Oxford, but is he going to have the, is he going to call a press conference in response to any other coach that calls him out? Like that, that Saban, like him or hate him, gets a response because of who he is. You know, the, 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 the ridiculousness of what Saban said about not paying players and NIL and, and, and the like, when we know their quarterback, had a NIL deal set in place. Um, I, I say the same thing whenever uh, Jimbo Fisher sits up there and acts like he doesn't know about the collective at Texas A&M. Uh, he looks just as dumb and idiotic when he says that. They're all just pointing fingers back and forth to each other and acting like they're, you know, they're a mole with their, you know, they, they don't see anything for, above the periphery of the, of the landscape of college football. Well, I don't know... I don't know anyone else. Yeah, we've got else. a collective. I don't know what happens there. They I, just happen to you know, land top recruits for me. I don't, know, I don't know anything about the collective and what they spend. I don't know anyone else that hates Jimbo Fisher as mu- uh, that much to say it that way. You don't have, to hate, you don't have to hate Fisher. You have to hate the system that's in place or the lack of, the lack of leadership at the NCAA level and what it's led to. You know, uh, you know, I, don't think, I don't think Lane Kiffin hates Jimbo Fisher. But the problem now is... 
Nick Saban could have continued to go on his crusade to get legislation for NIL without burying someone in his conference and causing this stir because now the argument has been taken away from NIL to a battle between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and who's a rat and who's a cheater and who's always cheated and where did you learn how to cheat and who's a role model and who's not and everything else. So uh, once again, Nick Saban defeated his own argument because he brought Jimbo Fisher into it and he broke the code. I don't know of other coaches. I mean, yes, I, I don't think Lane Kiffin actually said A&M, but he was clearly talking about A&M and his, his deal, and that prompted Jimbo Fisher to call it a clown show and defend you know, his, um, our recruiting workers in our office, and they all work so hard, and they're great, and our coaches have worked really hard. I don't deny that everyone there works hard at A&M to reel in that recruiting class, but every other program, their recruiting department works hard I mean, too. I, imagine if Saban's response is, dig up whatever you want, and I hope we go dig up whatever Jimbo's doing at Florida State. And that's the mic drop with Jameis Winston at Florida State. And replay all of that. I don't know. I mean, Jimbo can – and I, I love the back and forth. Don't get me wrong, Chad. But to act like, you know, Jimbo is the saint in this is a, is a stretch. And he's got everybody claiming that he's exactly that today. No, I, I, I hope people aren't claiming he's a saint in all of this. I, I mean, Billy Lucci might, who's a big A&M guy well, we're going to have on later. Well, uh, but, but I mean, look, it's, I, I'm not saying that what they did was illegal. What they did within the framework of of the college football name, image, likeness, and the collectives that are set in place, that's all fair game for Texas A&M to take advantage of a, a recruiting landscape that is wide open, has zero guardrails. Um, but if he, what Jimbo's saying is, not not today, not this year, not in these regulations. Let's go back to when we had rules and look what Nick Saban did. I could say the same thing for Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. That would be my response now if I'm Saban. Well, that's the next step. And if Saban goes that route, that, that is – we've talked nuclear option is what, <laughs> you know, Jimbo Fisher deployed here. He really didn't because he didn't get into specifics about what Saban's been up to. But he can't. He just hinted around it. He can't because then others will get into that's, specifics of again, him. Again, that's the true nuclear option. That's what I'm getting to. So if Nick Saban were to come back with that, though, Hutton, and say, all right, let, go, let's go investigate Florida State and what they did, Jimbo Fisher should come back and say, hey, here are 47 documents I have at my time at LSU. Read them. Go ahead. Here are the guys well, we paid. Uh, Nick Saban directed me to but pay then, this guy, this guy, that guy. That's the nuclear option because then, then they both blow both of them up. Well, he's committing suicide a, at that point. Exactly. He's a kamikaze. But that's, and a, he that's the nuclear that option. Have you, seen his count, have you seen his contract? He Today was pretty smart Hutton, because he's not naming names. Well, or, Nick Saban's not doing that he's, either because he's, he's committing suicide. Specifics. Nick Saban's committing suicide by doing that. He knows Jimbo Fisher knows where the bodies are buried oh, in but, his program. But Saban's not claiming that he's not telling the media to go dig up the past on Jimbo Fisher. He's not, he hasn't done that. I know, but didn't you just say that he should go and say... Oh, that, would, that should be the response. Like, if you're saying to dig up stuff on me, let's, let's just say, let's do well, the same for you. But that's, the, that's my point. That's the nuclear option. If he actually had something no, to No, but you're State, saying you bring back a list of things where Jimbo has coached with Saban at LSU and both of them are implicated. Saban would only be implicating Jimbo Fisher at Florida State where he had no connection to the recruiter. But that, that's what I'm saying, though. If you were Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban came out and follow, me, follow along here and said, go dig up stuff at Florida State of what he was up to, and Jimbo Fisher knew, okay, this, this, and this is going to happen, Jimbo Fisher come back and say, you want to talk about lack of institutional control? These were the orders given at LSU, and here's who was paid under Nick Saban's watch. 
So I know what he's been up to. They blow each other up in doing that. In that in that instance. And then we had it, and then that's what's amazing so, about this. It's but, not. It's so, not. Let's go back. But here's where I'm coming down on the code aspect of your argument. What code is there anymore if there's no punishment for it? Who's enforcing any of these accusations or proof of cheating? Who's enforcing it? Like, it, let, let's say he brought the list. Well, the NCAA, according, according to them, the NCAA is. That, that's what they're How? claiming. Like, what are they doing? That's what they're claiming. That, that's what this is all about, is there is no enforcement of anything. <laughs> but why? But th- I, mean, I, I just keep going back to, though, then why is Nick Saban upset? If there's no enforcement of anything, they're the national runner-up. They still have the second-best recruiting class. He's sitting there saying, I mean, I guess that, you know, our boosters are going to have to start paying more money and we'll, you know, go after guys well, in high school. Well, well that's see, already been happening. That's tongue-in-cheek, but that's also him fundraising even more by saying that. You know exactly how the, that's going to be played in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. That quote will be used as, Tide fans, we need your support. Here's the link. Here's the QR code. We have to go to battle against College Station. Yeah, I'm just not. That, I mean, there, there's ulterior motives behind, well, I guess we're just going to have to raise more money. Well, just like I'm not willing to you know, give the sainthood to Jimbo Fisher on this, I, I'm not willing to say that uh, Nick Saban's playing chess instead of checkers here on this. I think he slipped up and got, get, said too much when he called out A&M specifically. He could have gotten his point across and not caused this blood feud between the two of them, and that's why oh, he the, was—that's why he was probably calling Jimbo Fisher was to apologize because he did step in it when he brought him into it. Well, he knew exactly. I think he also knew how Jimbo was likely to respond today. Yes, which was unlike Fire anything we've seen. Yeah, uh, coming up, Armando Salguero will join us. Looking forward to chatting with Armando from Outkick. Uh, well, he's certainly got opinions on Saban versus Jimbo in all of this. And, uh, well, we'll get him to compare what we saw this morning to some, some of the all-time great coaching feuds in the NFL. There, there are several. I'm not sure anything quite like this in regards to where this could lead. The fact that we're sitting here in May discussing it and we get the head-to-head matchup on October the 8th. A lot more coming. Armando next on Kick 360 Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Is that an Alabama Crimson Tide shirt oh, that he that. is wearing today? Uh, line in the sand has been drawn by Armando as we begin this discussion. Uh, Armando, first, how are you? Hope things are well. Hope you enjoyed the, the press conference with uh, Jimbo and last night with Nick as much as, uh, as much as we have today on the show. It really was actually very depressing to me because... <laughs> Uh, NFL coaches very rarely yeah. go at it like that. <laughs> and I, I, I root for that. You know, I, it, it, the last time that I think NFL coaches have, have really gone back and forth like that is when I think, uh, buddy Ryan put a bounty on the Dallas Cowboys kicker. 
during before a kickoff, and Jimmy Johnson in the post game press conference talked about that and how he tried to get at Buddy, but Buddy wouldn't come out of the locker room. And it's like that kind of stuff. Give me that kind of stuff in the NFL Absolutely. too. In, in the viral social media age, Armando. I mean. Uh, Belichick Mangini happened just before Twitter, if I recall. Um, I can't think of another like back and forth where I like these these two dudes want to fight, right? Like that. That's well, at least one of them wants to fight. Oh, I think Belichick would fight Mangini. Uh, like I, I, back then, I'm saying, um, but that didn't play out in social media. Like we couldn't live stream that on Twitter. Um, I I can't think of another head coaching feud like that in the NFL. You're right. No, and uh, I just can't wait for Prime to, to, to j- jump in. <laughs> this is like watching WWF yeah, or yeah. whatever the wrestling league is. You He's know, the guest it's like, referee. who's coming off the top rope next? <laughs> well, I, look, I, I, I've seen the demeanor of both of these guys, and uh, I know that Nick Saban's not the biggest guy. If I had to actually take odds in a physical fight, Jimbo Fisher's going to whip uh, Nick Saban based on his level of anger and emotion in his press conference, where Nick Saban wasn't angry or emotional at all in what he was saying about Jimbo Fisher and tried to call the guy after. Armando, I'm interested because you covered Nick Saban and his short time with the Dolphins. Um, Was he this delusional uh, at times about himself in Miami? He's clearly a great coach, but it's like he's talked himself into believing that things in his program are true that aren't uh, when it comes to some of these things. Well, I don't know that it's delusional, but it certainly is not self-aware, right? Yeah. Because uh, I think that anyone who is in the college football game, in coaching, uh, you know, knows what's going on behind the scenes, understands that Nick Saban is an outstanding recruiter and an outstanding coach who players want to gravitate to and play for. But there are also other reasons that kids and all five-star kids end up at Alabama. And some of them include, you know, presidents. (laughs) So, uh, you know, like, and I'm not talking about Washington. I'm talking about presidents on, you know, Jefferson's and and the ones on the bigger bills. So the idea that Nick Saban is aghast at the, you know, NIL situation because kids at another school are getting money kind of doesn't realize that at Alabama, (laughs) Uh, you know, what do they call them? Uh, a booster handshake or a, you know, $100 handshake. Exactly. That is a thing there, as it is, by the way, yeah. in many places and not just the SEC, as it is in many places. True story. So um, on Fridays is an NFL uh, kind of like an easy day, right? It's an easy day in the NFL practice-wise, teams are kind of winding down the practice week. So back in the day, we used to go into um, 
the uh, the locker room and the players were more at ease with the reporters. And there was a wide receiver on the Dolphins. Gosh, I, I wish I remembered his name. His name was Leslie something. Uh, he played at Maryland. Um, he had been recruited by the University of Miami, right? And he told like a group of reporters how when he came down to be recruited at the University of Miami, Michael Irvin showed up at the airport uh, with a stack of, you know, bills, $100 bills. And that's where the weekend began, right? And, <laughs> Leslie Shepard. So, yeah, Leslie Shepard. Leslie Shepard. Yes, that was him. And he talked about how that was how the weekend began. And then there was the strip club. And then there was a, there was a place in, in South Florida called uh, Rolex, Club X, the guys called it. Anyway, so that was, you know, that was Michael Irvin and Leslie Shepard's recruiting visit to the University of Miami. Guess what? That's not unique, okay? Maybe it's unique in that it's the playmaker doing that stuff, but it's not unique throughout college football. Armando, are you of the belief that Nick Saban would have been a big success in the NFL had the Dolphins signed Drew Brees and not had the medical issues with Brees that led to him signing with the Saints? Without a, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, Nick Saban had, some, had a very good coaching staff on that staff. He could identify coaches, as he has at Alabama, by the way. Oh, yeah. He could identify. I'm sorry? I said, oh, yeah, no doubt about it, his staff. Yeah, yeah, no, he could identify. I remember being in his office, and he was trying to hire Wink Martindale. Um, he was on the phone with Wink Martindale, um, and this is 2005, before everybody knew that Wink Martindale is a freaking defensive genius, okay? So, and he said, yeah, I couldn't get him. Um, my recollection was that some team, I think it was, I don't remember the team, got him, gave him a, a raise. But he said, that that bastard can, can coach. And I'm like, I didn't know Wink Martindale from, you know, the game show host. But <laughs> nonetheless, he could identify coaches and early on. And I believe that had he not made that one mistake, and notice I say, had he not made that one mistake because he's put the whole Drew Brees uh, choice on the doctors and the medical staff that was uh, the Miami Dolphins. I realize he had final say. If he oh. had said, I want Drew Brees, the Dolphins would have had Drew Brees and things would have been so much different. We're tying in a lot of college here with your visit today. I do have an NFL thing, a note at the end. I want to keep going on this topic, though. In, in your time, I know you were focused on covering the Dolphins, uh, but there in South Florida, how much time was spent just amongst people talking, the buzz about what was going on with Jimbo Fisher at Florida State with Jameis Winston? Um, well, <laughs> you know, it was, it was the, the public's, Publix is, oh, I yeah. guess, a, a Florida, you know, a Florida <laughs> oh. department, not uh, uh, 
you know, store and so supermarket and there was the crab legs. And so, so that you are aware, the University of Miami and Florida hate each other. They hate each other. The University of Miami and Florida State don't like each other, but respect each other because they're kind of the same, you know, they're cousins, so to speak. But Florida and Miami, it's hate. Like Florida, you know, would trounce Miami, then Miami got good. They would trounce Florida and then Florida canceled Miami. And so that was that. Uh, Florida State continued to play Miami and continues to this day to play Miami. So, and now they're in the same con uh, conference. But yeah, you know, after Bobby Bowden, Florida State kind of lost its, its luster in, in South Florida. Um, you know, it, it, was, it, was not, it was not the hatred that had Jameis Winston and Jimbo coached and played respectively at Florida. Well, I think hell may have frozen over because just right now on with our guy Bobby Carpenter – on Sirius XM, Nick Saban apologized. Wow, what, oh, let me hear this. He said, I should have never singled anyone out. I apologize for that. That is the quote that is circulating when asked about it. But, but then there's a but. But let me respond to what you both said this morning. <laughs> he said, yeah, I, I didn't mean to single anyone out, and I apologize for that. Then he goes on to indicate the key issue is with the NIL structure and not any one program. So I'm sure there's going to be some more quotes possibly oh, yeah. coming out of this uh, this interview. I said I didn't well, think, I, I didn't think Saban was going to apologize. I, 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 didn't I assume I assume that's what he was trying to do this morning <laughs> when he called Jimbo Fisher and Fisher didn't take his phone call. Yeah. Well, uh, and Fisher says they're done. <laughs> he said, "No, yes. we're done." <laughs> and you are aware that he also threw Jackson State under the bus. Oh yeah. And. The kid who supposedly got the million-dollar NIL deal tweeted this afternoon about, or this morning about, wait a second, I got a million dollars, and my mom is still living in a, yeah. you know, three-bedroom house supporting five children uh, and working, and I got a million dollars, really? Well, yeah, he he may owe Deion Sanders an apology too. Maybe he can get around to it in one of those Aflac commercials. Uh, that they do together all through football season where they're, you know, Coach Prime and Coach Saban are together. I immediately thought about that when I saw his comment. But also, I watched those commercials, Armando. I'm pretty sure they're never in the same room. It's a green screen. Yeah, it's a green screen. They're looking at different places on there. It's clear they're not together when they shoot those commercials. They definitely won't right. be now moving forward either after that. Hey, Armando. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I was going to inject the Bible into your show. But oh, go ahead. Okay. Well... You know, it's uh, let he who is the first, who is without sin cast the first stone. Nick Saban, put that stone down, brother. Yep. Well, it's not about casting stones. It's uh, he's he's wanting to stone Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Apparently, and well, now <laughs> speaking the, of another Bible reference, uh, now that's mutual. Yes. Well, I think Jimbo Fisher is ready to, to stone him as Ar well. Armando Salguero with us. Armando, now would be the time. Uh, for a news dump if you've got bad news across college football because it's going to fly way under the radar. Uh, traditionally, in the NFL, if you have bad news, next week is the time to drop it going into Memorial Day weekend on that Thursday or Friday evening when no one's going to be paying attention to NFL circles. Um, 
I say that to bring up this. Do you think the NFL will announce a suspension for Deshaun Watson at this time next week? I knew you were going there. As soon as you went down the road to the bad news, I knew that's where you were headed. And rightfully so, by the way, (laughs) I think that's too early. Okay. Um, So they met this week, earlier this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns are in the Bahamas now as we speak. So those meetings are over. And there's about three steps that still have to come before the NFL goes forward and, you know, makes it an announcement, much less a decision. And so uh, one of those is they've obviously spoken now to Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm assuming that they will have spoken pretty soon to all or most of the uh, victims, the alleged victims, and then the committee will gather and then they will discuss and then they'll come up with something and then they'll turn it into the league and then we'll see. So we're, we're several steps away from the terrible news dump. Uh, I'm not sure on the timetable on that, but uh, what, Memorial Day is, is 10 days away? Yeah, so maybe July 4th weekend. Maybe, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, I mean, I, I look at the timetable of all of it, and I think, well, if we rewind Armando to last October, November, had he settled four or five more cases of these 22 and had all of them settled, the Dolphins were set to trade for him. At least that's that's the report, and I've been reading through Florio and listening to him on all that. Um, so based on the trade, let's just hypothetically say he settles like that. I, I guess the NFL would allow the trade to go through and allow him to play last year, but here we are a few months later, and the consensus is he's going to be suspended to begin the season. It's a... Uh, the, the timetable for me, just I can't connect the dots in my mind on why it's playing out the way it is now compared to middle of last season. But Because nothing's been settled in, in these civil cases. We're not going to have any conclusion to this until 2023, but now everyone's pointing to the fact that he's going to miss games to begin this season. Yeah, and this has been kind of a, a roller coaster ride, not to make light of, of the allegations. Right, I know what you're saying, but yeah. Uh, we went from, oh, my God, 22, 23 individuals, individual different women are alleging these things. That's hard to find uh, 23 individuals that agree on anything. And and yet these these women agree that Deshaun Watson is a sexual uh, abuser of sorts. And so it went from. This looks bad for Deshaun Watson to the grand juries let him off. So, oh, this looks much better for Deshaun Watson to the record $230 million fully guaranteed contract, which was, wow, the Cleveland Browns, they must really believe that all's well. This looks really good for Deshaun Watson. And I think now the pendulum has swung back a little bit Uh, I mean, even this week, according to depositions that were leaked, Deshaun Watson admitted that one of the women who uh, performed uh, 
a massage for him at the end of the whole affair, uh, the whole session rather, affair, bad word. Um, she was crying. I mean, why was she crying, Deshaun? Obviously, she was in distress. And so, and he felt the need to apologize. So, obviously, something happened during that session right. that yeah. even Deshaun Watson understands this has gone, um, you know, something's wrong, Deshaun. You probably did something, Deshaun. Uh, and you're apologizing, Deshaun. Why are you apologizing if you didn't do something wrong, Deshaun? So it's not looking good for him right now. Armando Salguero, Outkick.com, uh, for the very latest NFL news notes, headlines, reaction to Saban and Jimbo Fisher and much more. Again, wearing the Alabama shirt, is this the line in the sand for you or is just you didn't have a Texas A&M shirt to wear today? This is, it was the next clean shirt up in the closet, and that's the one I wore. Okay, nice. that's an answer like Jimbo Fisher saying, yeah, I know what collectives are, I just don't know what they're doing for my program. You you wore this on purpose, and I'm not b- buying for a second it was the only clean so, shirt By the available. way, so, someone brought up, which is a great point, said, Jimbo Fisher said, I don't know what collectives are, don't really know what they're up to, <laughs> but we did everything legally. legally. And he said, well, how do you know you did everything right. legally if you know nothing about collectives? You can't have it both ways, which was a great oh, point. Oh, yes. Armando's always on the up and up, though, however. Uh, most of the time. Okay. Hey, great to see you, man, as always. Enjoy the weekend. I know it's not the weekend yet, but we'll catch up with you next week. All right, man. Thank All you. All right. Thanks, Armando. There's Armando Salguero, Outkick.com. One of our- you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Favorite guests each and every week. Nick Saban has said a lot more that we can get into. Let's recap. Nick Saban on with Bobby Carpenter. We'll tell you what Nick Saban just said on Carpenter's radio show. That's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Coming up in about 30 minutes, Billy Lucci from TexAgs.com. The founder of TexAgs will be with us from, well, he's not in College Station today, but of course... Covers uh, the Texas A&M Aggies. He he'll is be the on man in, in Aggie land. The, the man. The guy. And he'll be on with us today. Looking forward to that. Uh, Nick Saban has just wrapped up a conversation with Bobby Carpenter on Sirius XM. Bobby will be with us on tomorrow's show. We'll certainly be asking him about uh, the, the Saban chat today, which followed the Jimbo Fisher press conference. And he's done more than say he apologizes for naming names uh, today with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, and I'm willing to bet that Bobby's show uh, has an all-time high audience right now for their interview for with Nick Saban after this Jimbo Fisher press conference. Nick Saban went on to say that I reached out to both Deion Sanders and Jimbo Fisher and never got a response. Says, I feel bad about it, but I'm not changing my philosophy. I'm looking at the betterment of college football and what is better for the game, which again, just like when Jimbo Fisher, this is me talking now, Talks about we did everything the right way and we do things the right way here. Strikes to me as disingenuous with Nick Saban 
because this comes from an area also of him being threatened a little bit by these rules. Uh, Saban says also, I never said they did anything illegal. I want to make that clear. At no point when I was talking did I accuse them of doing something illegal. I was using an example of what I don't like about NIL and where it's headed. Um, That's not true because the NCAA just clarified any type of pay-for-play with a collective to a high school player to come to your school is booster inducement and it's illegal. So, yes, he didn't use the words what they're doing is illegal. What he said, though, was they had the number one recruiting class, we had the number two recruiting class, and they bought all of their players in that class. Well, you didn't say the words illegal, but you are saying what they're doing is illegal when you say that. Um, Hutton, I know you're surprised that he apologized. I, I well, am too. B- based off of Nick Saban hearing, or uh, you know, I'm assuming he heard everything that Jimbo said this morning. Uh, He's going to claim he didn't, probably. But well, to to me, I don't know how you just show up and uh, I'm sorry I named Jimbo's name and then continue to you know clarify that you were discussing the system in place, but not the coach taking advantage of the system, which he's been alluding to all off season. Uh, that that's my surprise with it. Um, the SEC and Commissioner Greg Sankey has, has issued a public rec- reprimand, um, whatever that means. I mean, that, that means about as much as the NCAA saying they're going to retroactively punish schools over the last year for whatever they want to deem illegal, which was a free-for-all when they took a back seat to all this. Public reprimand. Um, I'm not sure what discipline comes with that other than this statement. The membership of the Southeastern Conference has established expectations for conduct and sportsmanship that were not met last night or today. A hallmark of the SEC is intense competition with the environment of collaboration. (laughs) Public criticism of any kind does not resolve issues and creates a distraction from seeking solutions for the issues facing college athletics today. There is tremendous frustration concerning the absence of consistent rules from state to state related to name image likeness. We need to work together to find solutions, and that will be our focus at the upcoming SEC spring meetings. That from Greg Sankey, who has been on Capitol Hill two weeks ago, issues the statement today where in the public reprimand uh, of Nick Saban, uh, which is announced through this statement uh, from the SEC, uh, he's also saying that we need to work together to come, come together as a conference and figure out where we can help implement federal legislation on this. Um, the, all it says here in, in regards to the reprimand, Chad, is as a result of the public comments made on May 18th by Alabama head coach Nick Saban, a public reprimand is issued for comments he made in violation of SEC bylaws. And Fisher, Jimbo Fisher gets the same public same reprimand for coming back at him. Ross Bjork, his statement was a little over the top, too, where I am contacting Commissioner Sankey because he has violated SEC bylaws before. He did all this before Jimbo Fisher's press conference with what Nick Saban said. Um, yeah. And, and again, you know, Nick Saban saying, I didn't say that anything illegal. I just said this was an example. I mean, yeah, you did. <laughs> you said they. All these guys were bought. They bought every single one of their recruits. Well, the, the that's illegal. Well, the collectives can, can buy them. I mean, yeah. he also he didn't say that he didn't say that the school specifically bought them. Yeah, but uh, the collectives he, can't buy them according to the NCAA. So, well, again, uh, according by, by to the NCAA, NCAA rules, who, it's illegal. Who has nothing to say in this regard? Yes, nothing to say. But it's so according to me, they can't do it, and I have as much power with the NCAA after last year. When they allowed 
all of this to take place by taking a step back throughout this entire process. Um, so, I mean, a, a legal according to the NCAA who's afraid of a lawsuit, afraid of going back in front of the Supreme Court, they're not going to do anything because they're afraid of the yeah, lawsuit. Again, it's, it's, it's illegal, though, by definition, to buy a recruit. Name, image, likeness is not illegal, uh, but pay-for-play is illegal. If a collective is paying someone specifically, I'm for giving you this money to, be to pay illegal, Chad, there needs to be a punishment involved for doing that. And I can't tell you what punishment is headed Texas A&M's way, Alabama's way, Ole Miss's way, Tennessee. Like, okay, it's illegal. It's legal in the state of Texas. So I would love for the NCAA to tell me how they're going to plan on how they plan on punishing A and M. I've argued this all along. I'm just simply telling you the NCAA just came out and said there's a rule about it. I don't think they're going to do anything. But Nick Saban's wrong to say I didn't say they did anything illegal. He said they bought every recruit. That's illegal. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if they're going to be punished. They probably won't. But he's lying when he said I didn't say they did anything illegal. Both coaches full of it today in some of uh, their statements and many of their statements. Uh, don't know about collectives. Saying you didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't claim it was illegal. I can't wait it's to talk crazy. to Billy Lucci about this. Billy Lucci in 20 minutes. Headlines next. <laughs> 